You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Comedy Central. Now this one broke my heart. Now hiring. Fred Savage has been fired as an EP and producer on the Wonder Years after an investigation into inappropriate conduct. What do you mean inappropriate conduct? They had to go into that a little deeper. All they said was inappropriate. They did. Are you telling me that he got fired from his own show? That he was a star in. He directed eight episodes of the first season of the Wonder Year. Now this is the black one. Have y'all watched this one? Right. No. I watched. I watched a couple episodes. Oh, JG, the homie Dulé Hill plays the father. It's um. Was this shot in, where was this shot? I don't know where it's shot, but it's set in Montgomery. Yes, my dad. It's set in 1960s Montgomery, which I found amazing, because I'm like, I don't know what the fuck wonder you talking about was happening in (laughs) Alabama in the 60s. Yo, the amount of racial reckoning that these kids are doing in the 1960s in Alabama. It's a good show, man. It's a good good, show. You know it ain't based on no reality, man. Come on now. Like 1960, that much racial ahedness was happening in Alabama? Here's what I'll argue. I'll argue that they still managed to find pockets of happiness because even in the midst of all that craziness, there's still a little bit of happiness. Every day ain't racism. Every now and then you just play baseball, skin your knee, you kiss your crush. Hey, man. We in the middle of recording. (laughs) That's perfect. I said so long to rain. <laughs> I'm recording in my game house with my six year old son Henry. Six year old son Henry! <laughs> my name is Roy. This is my job fair. We got a theme this week, Jacqueline. Really? Yes, we do. We have a theme. And that theme is film, specifically directing. But we're also going to talk to a film editor because I think editing is the most unappreciated art form within film because you assemble all the media. 
career. Because all the media, nobody, nobody appreciates good editing. Yes. I'm sorry, that's personal. It's personal. Yes, I will nobody say that. Nobody appreciates good editing. Uh, two really good director friends of mine. One does a lot of film. The other does a lot of television. And uh, we're going to get into this world of what it's like to help create all of the television shows that you record into your DVR and never watch for three years. And, and then you... Pretend to know what the hell people are talking about when they ask you, have you seen the latest episode? And I just go, mm-hmm, I've seen it. I'm caught up on Ozark, the drugs. <laughs> I'll watch the first two episodes of just about any show, which is uh-huh. enough to get me through two bites of a sandwich in a conversation. Mm, okay. You know, you'd be talking to somebody at a, at a party or something about, oh, so what do you think about the story arcs? And I, well, you know, it's come a long way since season one. Remember that second episode? <laughs> and, the, and the show's on season nine. But I'm just like, yeah, remember right. episode two, though? So wait a minute. So what, does it, so what does it say about people who don't do that? Are they not trying to connect? No, they're just being honest and they probably live a much better life and they aren't held hostage at public functions by having shallow conversations about shit that they really don't know anything about because they don't want to hurt somebody's feelings because they put other people before themselves to the detriment of their own happiness. I go to therapy. (laughs) I'm glad. (laughs) Some shit I'm working on. Okay. I appreciate that, home. That, that, that was that was very brave and honest of you. How about that? But I say all of that to say about the interesting layers of Jacqueline. When we talk about directing, Jacqueline, from time to time, when she's doing one of her many, many uh, pivots. Many, many. Intimacy director mm-hmm. on film and television sets. It is. It, and let me make sure I get this job description correct, Jacqueline. Okay. You make sure... That people who got to pretend to be fucking on camera ain't horny for real and don't feel sexually assaulted or violated or creeped out by their scene partner. Correct. That is correct. Okay. So basically your job is to come in between takes and whisper in the dudes here. You know this ain't real, right? Make sure your dick's (laughs) off. All right, director, they're ready. She comes up in his ear and just starts whispering baseball rosters. (laughs) Mookie Wilson, Daryl Strawberry, Keith Hernandez. (laughs) 87 Mets. 86. 87 Mets. Yeah. (laughs) So that's what we're going to talk about today. What is that job like? First off, how do they know you're qualified to be a cop block? Like, how do you get the job of intimacy director? Because you've worked in a number of different capacities yes. behind the camera. Did they have to see you be freaky first? Or like, did no. they just trust you, your sense of being able to coach through freaky, uncomfortable? Yeah, how do you get the job of, of intimacy director? You're like this the opposite was... of a fluffer in porn. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. This was such an accident, Roy. I fell into this. I was doing a you movie. You slip right into it. <laughs> you slip right in. Respectfully. Was it a tight fit? Respectfully. 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 <laughs> I was doing a movie in Mississippi with Bruce Willis. There was a 16-year-old on set. There were also four exotic dancers on set. I was sitting at my desk, and something told me to go find that 16-year-old. And I got up, and I went running down the hall. And I found his little bottom. He was trying to get into that closed set because you close the set when there are going to be those intimate scenes. And so that producer saw me wrangle that kid and he said, you're our intimacy coordinator. And I've been doing it ever since. 
So hold on, you got a job by snitching on a kid just trying to get his jollies off? You snitch on the sixteen-year-old trying to look at titties? How terrible are you? Come on, JG. You're gonna be I saw it all yourself. over his face. I just knew what he was about to try to do. Okay, so then walk us through what happens on a the set then. When when they know it's gonna be some some nipples dangling, there's gonna be okay. some dangling nipple action. Yes. Only the people who necessarily have to be there are allowed in the room. And that's more than likely the director and two or three additional people. And that includes me as well. If it's a man and a woman, what I like to do with that man is I want to make sure he is wearing shorts like basketball shorts because they're heavier. And then also, I want to put a pillow in between the two of them, depending on the way they're positioned. So they thick so he can't feel nothing. Bingo, because if you just stimulate the testicles. My shorts is thick. If you stimulate the testicles, you can get a rise. I'm serious. I'm not a, I'm not a fan. In general, I'm not a fan of sex scenes in movies. Hmm. Okay. It's. I find them boring and because I know you're not fucking for real. Number Correct. one, two, y'all could have just kissed and you could have just faded to both of them in bed the next morning. And it's implied that you banged because nine times out of 10, you having sex had nothing to do with the overall plot. I get it. You're close. You're in love now. But I don't need to see James Bond bang the spy halfway through every movie. I just I don't I don't know. I don't. It would be like Doug, comedian Doug Stanhope said it best. Mm-hmm. It, it would be like. If a fight scene broke out in the middle of a porn, it's like why? Okay, okay, is okay. This All here? right, I'm saying it like that. Okay, okay. Damn it, damn you, fucked me up. That's not fair. You were here to bang. Why is there a shootout happening? <laughs> just... Why are you banging during the shootout, Frank Grillo? Why are you banging during the shootout, Frank Grillo? I'm I've sorry. worked with Frank twice, <laughs> but not Yo, intimacy scenes. Yo, Frank Grillo be banging him out. Why he's shooting guns and shit, jumping out of windows. He be, you know, I'm sorry. Oh, and I'll say this and I'll, I'll digress. I promise. There is a scene that I'm about to start working on in less than 24 hours. It's between two women and there's a lot of wand play in it. So that will be very interesting. And cut. Okay, can you please give me back the wand? Thank you very much. We don't want to have anything. Now, once again, once again, Dwight Gooden, Gary Carter, <laughs> John Franco. <laughs> Just name it fucking Mitts. Just All right. keep naming them over and over. It's time for Cody's most outstanding employee of the week. Are y'all a fan of the Fast and Furious franchise? I'm gonna I'm gonna say fan is a stretch. Um, but uh, I'll watch it when it comes on. How about that? I respect what they've built. I will say for the record, however, they had six too many Tyree sightings. They could, he could have just been in the first one and they could have killed him off. And I'm not cutting that out the tape. Tyrese, okay. you hear me, son. You can come catch these hands. But I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. I don't know how that turned into a death threat and a challenge to a duel against Tyrese. You could have just said you prefer Ja Rule. I don't know. No, they both could take me on. It'd be a lotion slapping battle. I'm sorry. Go ahead. The, the director of the 10th installment of the Fast and Furious, Justin Lin, quit on set. Oh, no. After what? a major disagreement with Vin Diesel. 
Justin Lin said, quote, this movie is not worth my mental health, end quote, and walked away from the franchise. He remained on as a producer and he's credited as the guy with the five movies that he directed in Mm -hmm. that franchise Mm -hmm. of taking it from just a street racing cop drama into this next level global phenomenon that it is. He He totally did. He leveled that whole thing up. But, you know, Vin Diesel has the final say on everything because it's it's his baby. He walked away from upwards of 10 to 20 million dollars. But hasn't he made How? a lot of money also? But go ahead. Of course. But he did five films. I mean, this will be the sixth one he's done, correct? He did three, four, five, six, nine. This would have been number six. Hmm. And so if he, I mean, yeah, he could walk away, couldn't he? This is a terrible thing to say. What? What the fuck were they arguing about? Have you seen a Fast and Furious movie? They say yes to everything. Mm-hmm. They sent Tyrese and Ludacris to space in part nine. Right, right. I'm to not space. even joking. <laughs> in a Fiero. In a duct tape <laughs> space suit. Right. A Pontiac <laughs> Fiero in a duct tape space suit. And someone's like, yes, we will shoot that. <laughs> okay, what if there's a submarine? Can we dr- they drifted a fucking submarine? Was it part eight where they drifted they did, a tank? They did, yeah, they totally drifted wow. a submarine and a tank. The same movie, actually. They drove a car, Jacqueline, in Dubai from one skyscraper through the glass out the window at 70 stories through the glass of the next building, and the car kept running. Wow. Right. What was the disagreement? Family and a family lady. Lady. Family is everything. Family family. Look, it's popcorn. When it's on the end flight, I fucks with the Fast and Furious, but I gots to know, baby. I gots to know. What what was y'all arguing about? Because the movie's been ridiculous for the past four, five installments. Y'all just do whatever yeah. y'all want anyway. Just say yes to Vin Diesel and get your 20 million. Absolutely. For walking away from 10 to 20 million dollars. Okay. Not like, not like I'm going to just direct this one and this will be my last one. Middle of his shift in the mm. middle of the day. This motherfucker quit a 100 million dollar budget movie mm. like a Popeye's employee. Oh, for that, Justin Lane, you are Cody's. Cody's most outstanding employee of the week. Congratulations. Congratulations. Worst than first time. Mm. Now, I'm excited for film week. This was almost director week, JG, but I felt like we needed to tip the hat to the post-production side of making films as well. but We're going to welcome film and television director Sierra Glaude to the show. And Sierra, who also goes by Shooter, hails from Mobile, Alabama. Her talents have touched sets ranging from Queen Sugar, And also Sierra's attributes include just being a talented black woman who's a writer, a showrunner, and she has directed and she is amazing. And I just love the fact that she's from Alabama as well. Hello, Sierra. What it do? You didn't touch some sets, you know, Selma and Wrinkle in Time and girls trip and you know you you earn that director's guild card if i'm not mistaken over there on queen sugar running and that was something that was earned let me make mm-hmm. that perfectly clear too because the thing that's dope about 
own as a network, and it trickled down from Oprah. We was talking about that last month with the Oprah Demics women. Um, About how the empowerment of women and how so many qualified women just don't get the at-bats they deserve, and Ava DuVernay is like, fuck that. Where the women at? Bring your goddamn camera from Mobile, motherfucker, and come shoot you an episode of this show that you are qualified to shoot. Now, missing from that list of accolades from old Sierra Glaude is Comedy Central. Tell it. (laughs) And at the time, third, I was shooting, and I want to make this perfectly clear. It's a three-minute web series, Ralph. It's a web series to support my hour special. I can't remember which one I went to you with, Sierra. I don't remember if it was Night Pigeon or if it was the fake Avengers, the bootleg Luke Cage. Mm. Bootleg Luke Cage. Um, unclear. I don't think you told me exactly what it was. I think you just. Oh, told yeah, me I never about. told you because they didn't fucking approve you. Oh, Less mm. than a year later, Ralph, she is directing a one hour drama on fucking cable. Fire. But you're not qualified to shoot a three minute fucking jokey joke. So I I set all of that up to ask you to speak to the hurdles as a black woman director in this industry and what all you had to climb and all your life you had to fight. (laughs) All right. All right. So check it. I'm going to put it like this. Oh, when it comes to the hurdles, um, I'm going to pop my shit. I feel like I clear them because I practice. Yes. You know mm. what I'm saying? Like, um, when I first left University of Alabama, Roll Tide, you know what I'm saying, to Real go tight. work with Ava, I, dropped, I was a fifth-year senior, and I dropped out, and she was mortified. Mm. Um, mm. And I told her straight up, I said, hey, chill. People, when this happens to the football players and the basketball players, nobody trips. Mm. I was like, think of it as you drafted me to the league. You know what I said? Wow. I said, so put me in the game. I'm a score. Okay. Yes. Like, nice. whatever it is, okay. <laughs> whatever okay. it is, I'm going to put some numbers on the board. And so, like, I knew that I had to get, and, and I did all the things she said. You know, she she was like, work your way up to a um, Queen Sugar episode by starting to shoot some stuff. So I shot my first uh, short last looks. Um, and again, I just, I just did the work, you know what I'm saying? Yes. And so now with the hurdles and especially with my coach, like, I might be little. I ain't even five feet tall, y'all. But, like, I'm striding and I'm hitting the mugs. But, again, we ain't even talking about the game yet. We just talking about practice. Ooh. Practice. Talk so, like, about it, y'all. Yeah, talk that it's, shit, yo. But it's talk because of people like Ava, you know what I'm saying? She coached me up real good. Um, I had other mm. people, like my film professor, Dr. Rachel Raymond. She coached me up real mm. good. And so when mm. it came time to do the thing, and also, like, the thing about me is, like, I don't switch up, like, whether you Ava and Oprah or my cousins or people sitting on the porch, mm-hmm. like you're going to get the same mm-hmm. version of me. And so like, hell, if I didn't clear the hurdle, I'm going to run straight through it. Yes! You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't care what nobody got going on when I, you know, like when I go into my general meetings and stuff, they're like, oh, this is the best meeting I've ever had. And it's because I go in there like this. I'm like, what's happening? What it do? What's up, party people? You know what I'm saying? And I just bring yeah. me to the table every time and I'm gonna like smack it down like a spade you feel me I ain't gonna gingerly come in there with myself I'm coming in there full force Pritchard Alabama you know what I'm saying like period so (laughs) that's how I'm coming with it let me be frank I want everything white folks got oh yes yes sir say that one more time now 
right. So I want everything white folks got land, money, cars, privilege, guns, boats. You name it. I want it too. I have a I have a quote here that a down south Georgia girl pulled up um, that you said, quote, growing up in Mobile or just as a young gay black girl in the south. I never knew that filmmaking could be a thing. I thought it was going to be that I had to get a good job and go to school and get an MBA in quote. That's something in Birmingham I also dealt with. And for me, it was seeing Ricky Smiley on TV because Ricky's from right up to three exits up the freeway from me. Mm-hmm. And when I saw Rick, that's when it clicked for me. Like, oh, shit, you could be as goody mob will call it. You could be from the parts they disregard and dream mm-hmm. beyond the horizon. What was the catalyst for you? What like just talk to the folks that's sitting off in the country or sitting off in despair, sitting off in rural, wherever the mm-hmm. hell. And thinking that whatever it is they want to do isn't attainable, how are you able to break out of that? Just go get you a good job. Mm-hmm. And then I'm sure growing up in Alabama in them days, you had to fake being straight for a couple of years to the old heads. I did, and I gave up on it. I lost my purse the first day I took one to school. <laughs> and I didn't even know it. They called me in the office. They were like, Are you missing something? I was like, What the fuck are you talking about? And so they had to pull it out and show me. And I was like, <laughs> Well, what that is? <laughs> what is That's it? mine. It's like you might just give me my shit out of there. You can do it. <laughs> I ain't finna fuck around with it. But no, um, to answer your question, um, yeah, I didn't know it was a thing. I've said that quote so many times. It's a part of my little spiel when I tell people like my quote unquote uh, journey or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I just I never noticed that I always had cameras in my hand. Whether it was like little um, disposable joints point and shoot in middle school like a, a video camera in high school and I, I never really edited it or did anything with it I just like to capture stuff um and then late in high school um my brother passed at the top of my junior year and I was largely uninterested in like anything with school and I was like the junior class president but that second semester I took this video journalism class and I enjoyed it it was the only thing that brought me joy that whole year um that I thought was fun and so then my uh, same teacher the next year when I was the SGA president of my Catholic school with my gay black Come ass on. Um, right and I'm in charge of the pep rallies and stuff like my teacher was like yo we should do video announcements and I was like alright fuck it let's do it why not so we start video announcements. Um, and then he later he's like, yo, like, you should look into going to film school or whatever. Huh. And so that's when the, oh, I thought I had to go get like an MBA or some shit. Cause like, I don't want to be a lawyer. I don't like to argue. And like, I don't want to be like a doctor or no shit. I'm squeamish. I'll be passed out. <laughs> you know, and I just didn't know what, didn't know what I was going to do. <laughs> and so. I was like, all right, whatever. Like, I can't go to full sale because that shit costs too much and I'm from Pritchard. Mm-hmm. Okay. Too much money. You feel me? Well, and so, well, I'm from uh, Fairfax and that shit called Fairfax, Virginia, and that shit costs too much. I yeah, feel you, way man. too much. Way you. too much. So I um, got a little partial scholarship to Alabama because I'm a nerd. Okay. Um, and so uh, yeah, I went yeah. up there and I took some film classes or whatever with my film professor, Dr. Raymond, that I mentioned earlier. And I just started getting into it that way. And, and I was like, I took my first class with her and she was like, yo, you're good at this and I was like people get paid to do this yeah. after mm. that it was a wrap 
Once she confirmed, it was a wrap after that. And I just started making movies with my peers on campus. I used to shoot for the Greeks. I saw I used to shoot for the Qs, the AKAs, the Kappas. Um, and that's how I got the name Shooter because I'd be shooting like their promates mm. and like their little promo videos. Mm. And one day in the dining hall, this kid saw me and he goes, hey, you're the shooter, aren't you? Ah. I said, well, I guess I am. And I went outside and changed my Instagram handle and it was a wrap. And so that's just how I got into it. And then like a couple of... Um, a couple years later, um, with my f- film professor, we started a, um, it was me, her, and like a bunch of other people a part of this organization mm-hmm. called Creative Campus. We started a student-run film festival, and Dr. Ramos knew Ava from back in the day, so on a whim, she reached out to her. This was about a month before she did Selma, and she was like, hey, um, could you come down to my students? We got this thing, Black Warrior Film Fest. Now, bless Ava Hart, she ain't no Black Warrior was the name of the river the school sat on. She thought it was like Black Warrior, like Wakanda, right? <laughs> so basically, we swindled her. <laughs> right, right. So basically, we, we scammed her ass with the Black Warrior, unintentionally, but I'm so glad she came. Hey, and a win so is a win. And her just hit it off. Yeah, and I told her, I was like, hey, I'm the one you need. I'm finna work on your movie, so what I gotta do? Verbatim. And yeah. then again, if you let me in the door, you you better talk. I get my foot in that door. It's a wrap. That's it. I'm all up in there. Before we get you out of here, we got to know what we always do on the job fair. The journey starts somewhere much more dangerous and duplicitous, much more <laughs> struggle filled. You got your two jet skis now. You Hell got yeah. a ATV. Yes. Sure, you about to buy. A crab boiler and a crock pot. You gonna put that in your rider and be slow cooking crab legs on set between shots. I just, I did just buy a crawfish pot. Got here too. I knew it. I knew it. I, knew it. I mean, the accuracy you, is like. scathing. The accuracy is scathing. I'm a little worried. But before all of that, you had a worse job, or you had a first job. Please tell us about one. Uh, man, my first job was at Wilson's Oyster House in downtown really? Mobile, the original location on Dolphin Street. Don't play with them. Also, shout out to uh, Mr. Willie Brown, OG Oyster Shucker. Rest in peace. Oh. You know what I'm saying? What, what does that smell like when you come home working mm. at an oyster shucking like back there in the yeah. back with all that? The bottom of the uh, the bottom of the fryer. <laughs> Basically, a little garbage juice. Oh, a little garbage juice. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was it was great character building, especially because like during Mardi Gras, because you couldn't get in or out mm. because of the traffic in the barricades. If you worked on like during some Mardi Gras shifts, you was in there all day, and like they used to feed up breakfast and and all kind of stuff. We'd be locked in there the whole day, but it's just a lot of good character building out there. A lot of you know interpersonal relationships and shit. But Sierra, do you have a catering company? I'm like all in your business. Yeah, so I accidentally started a catering company. I don't even really remember when it was. It was like in the it was sometime maybe like in the twenty eighteen, going into twenty nineteen. What had happened was Rutina Wesley from Queen Sugar asked for some uh chicken and dumplings cause she ain't feel well, so I made her some. She posted about them on the interwebs. Lena Waith was like, Ooh, them look good. I want some and they was paying me a hundred dollars a pot for chicken and dumplings. Yes. You know what I'm Easy. saying? That shit cost yeah. like twenty dollars to make. So <laughs> So then Lena thought it was delicious, period. And then she posted it. And then so Ava called me one day. She's like, how they got chicken and dumplings? And I don't. And I'm like, I'll make you some. And she was like, I want chicken and dumplings, red beans and rice and cornbread and shrimp and grits because I'm having a party. I was like, don't none of that shit go together. But okay. (laughs) (laughs) 
And I made it and I took it over there and then she hit me back. She was like, hey, can you come to Array uh, every month and let's do like birthday celebrations, do like a catering thing. Um, and yeah, so I started, you know, doing that monthly. I did a couple other gigs. I was also out uh, in L.A. with my friend uh, Andrew Coles um and his company uh the mission radio mm -hmm. and so we were like doing our little thing and he, we would have gatherings as i would call them um and nice. i would like cater the function and stuff like that so like yeah and i got some stuff in the works um okay. trying to drop maybe like a food truck or something because the people because okay. it ain't no good southern food in la i ain't gonna say no good none. But, no you're but, right no you're right, you're right. None. none you none. are one of my favorite up and coming directors and it's wild that you've done so much and you still have so, so much terrible. further to go that's why I say up and coming with the utmost of respect to yes. the potential and the horizon that you've yet to reach and I hope that one day you are qualified enough to to direct a three minute Comedy Central <laughs> web series <laughs> but until that time keep working hard Sierra where can everybody Thank find you online homie Bless your heart. Um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at uh, Sierra Glaude, um C i e r r a g l a u d e. Um, that's by only place you can find me. Please don't send me no Facebook requests. Is that for my old family members <laughs> and shit that don't know how to operate the other stuff? Um, you know what I'm saying? In a couple months, y'all might can go to my website. But also, I'm a little ducked off, so find me in them two places and highlight me. Thank you. After the break, the homie Rod for sure to come on this show and destroy all of the goodwill that we've just built in this act. It's a job fair. We'll be right back. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com iHeart. That's LifeLock.com iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Film week on the job fair. We turn our attention now to a gentleman who, what I would assume, has probably had sex in a megaplex here and there. No! Sure for sure, at some point, once the movie theaters introduced those seats that 
where the armrest could go up. Oh, I bet you that changed a lot of lives. His mama named him Murado. We call him Rod for short. Rod, we talking about film this week. Film, movies, and directing, and all that type of shit. Career surrounding that. I have to ask, Rod, because you are a man of mystery. Have you ever had sex in a movie theater? Yes, I have. And if so, what was the film? Oh, um, I have a tradition of going to the theater uh, to watch X-Men films. I always sneak in some Taco Bell and I get my dick sucked. Okay. A tradition. Yeah. That's a tradition for your ass, right. bro. That's right. tradition. Every t- but only X Men, no other Marvel universe. Only X Men films. Only the- I, it, it started by it started by accident. <laughs> it started by accident. I I just snuck some some Taco Bell in to see uh, the first X Men movie when it came out in like two thousand or something, and. Uh, yeah, Patrick Stewart is Charles yeah. Xavier, the OG OG. I, I came OG. in with my Taco Bell and uh, sat down, and this young lady sat down next to me. And uh, you didn't know no, her? I didn't know her, and we struck up a nice little conversation, and and you know she domed your boy up, and a stranger, yeah, a stranger, a stranger. We didn't even exchange numbers or nothing either. Like we didn't talk after that. It was just a great experience. And she uh, you up with a chalupa and didn't talk to you. No, she didn't get none of the my Taco Bell. I'm not. I don't believe in paying for pussy, not even with chalupas. I'm not paying for sex at all. <laughs> do you go when you have sex in the movies, Rod? Is it is it? It's not premiere week, right? That feels a little crowded. No, you got to you got to go you in to like week yeah, three. Go week in four. about week three, week four. Hit that bitch up on like a Wednesday. Catch the second matinee showing. Don't go to the first showing. Go to the second showing. You're usually mm. one of like three people in there, and that's a good time to take you. Take you somebody in there with you and do some yeah, that things. First show, that first show, and you, that first show, you might catch some senior yeah, citizens. Exactly. On that first matinee in the middle of the week, so you School do gotta wait for field, that second. School field trip or some old bullshit. Yeah, go in there that mm. second show in after mm. three weeks. Bring a towel if you want to get down on the floor and do some doggy or something. If not, I tried to. Do you know how disgusting a floor is? In a well, that's why I said bring a towel. <laughs> so you gotta do that. Now, why so, would you get on a floor? That is so disgusting. I tried to have sex in a movie theater once. Oh my goodness, you too. Barbershop 2, back in business. <laughs> oh, word. <laughs> what kind wow. of... <laughs> you make me feel real good about my movie because mine was The Matrix. So I feel great about what my What about choice? Barbershop 2, back in wow. business made you so randy? <laughs> What's wrong with y'all? Yeah, that's what I was about to say. No, How barbershop? We was it just, Eve? We were in the was theater. It Eve we was were it? in the theater. It wasn't planned. We started vibing, but it was my mistake because I didn't pick one of the megaplexes that had the good mm-hmm. armrests that go up. So the only option we had was to stand up, let the seat mm-hmm. flip up. You know how the seats retract? And then try to get down mm-hmm. on the floor. So oh. I'm trying to get to it on the floor, but the floor is too sticky and it's taking me out of <laughs> my mode. <laughs> And you ain't bring no towels, so how would no. you expect? And oh. then the armrest is configured in such a way that it's not comfortable for her to reach over and do anything. It's not comfortable for me to reach over. Like, let's just stop and let's just watch the movie. <laughs> That's, That's what we up. did. What you went there for? 
were y'all able to get down afterwards or was the whole thing just shot it was it was just like once you misfire it's it's hard to run it back like that like once you try to do something just never had sex once you try to do something (laughs) hoish you can't like rekindle you can't rekindle filth romance you can take that home Filth is totally momentary. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Yeah, totally momentary. it was one of those things that when we yeah. both walked out, we had like popcorn kernels on our knees oh, and that we didn't so even nice. know was stuff. <laughs> y'all needed an intimacy. Y'all needed an intimacy yeah. coordinator. That's, That's what y'all needed. Well, that, that would have helped. We bring Rod on this program every week to bring you topics to break the ice with coworkers of the opposite race or just your coworkers in general. You know. We, been playing it a little more racially ambiguous as of late. Rod, mm. turn it over to you, brother man, and give these folks some things to chit chat about up there at the job. Yeah, let's yeah, let's talk movies. I like talking movies, man. I'm I'm somewhat of a cinephile myself. I love the theater and whatnot. Um, something big right now in, in black movie news is um, a guy by the name of Sean Edwards is about to open the Black Movie Hall of Fame. In Kansas City, really? Yeah, man, they're remodeling uh, the Boone Theater, historic Boone Theater, that was a part of the the great Kansas City jazz scene in the twenties and thirties and forties, and uh, got a Black Movie Hall of Fame coming, man. That that might be big, might be a good time as long as That's long hard. as they let regular black people put the movies in and they not try to force this artistic bullshit. Niggas want to put Friday in there. They don't want some movie niggas they never heard of from 1947. You have to have those. You have to have Sidney Poitier. But you also can have Love and Basketball. No? Not a Hall of Fame? I don't think Love and Basketball is that good. I would have said Jason's Lyric before I said Love and Basketball. Really? Totally agree. All What's of that nineties. Okay, that we need to get Kansas City back into the black national spotlight because before we were talking about Detroit and Compton and fucking St. Louis and Chicago and shit like that, Kansas City did a lot for black people. Absolutely. A whole lot. Absolutely. So, but then the question remains, Rod. What to you? Give me three movies. There we go. We go around the horn. Mm. Three movies that you all, three black movies you would put in the Black Movie Hall of Fame. Because this is the debate that you need to have at your job with your black Mm. Mm. Mm -hmm. folk. Hey, the Negro League Museum and next door is going to be the nigga movie. Don't say it like that. (laughs) But it's going to (laughs) be this black movie. And now the Oscars for nigger movies and the. <laughs> right. the and the nominees are <laughs> for best nigger movie, Soul Plane. I'm sorry. Oh my! Yeah, you have to put Coming to America in there. Do we count the first Bad Boys as a black movie, or is that an action? You love you really bad love boys. the fuck out of really bad boys. Like bad boys. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Boys in the Hood. I'm torn between Boys in the Hood and Minister Society. I'm mm-hmm. three. I think they should. That's a joint three. Those, those two should be allowed to count simultaneously with each other. But keep in mind, I'm not even picking New Jack City because I'm only picking one crime of those. The crime novella of the 90s. Boys in the Hood, New Jack, three. Minister. I need a comedy. I need an action. I need, you know, some real. What about romance? Shit. 
Because you're leaving Boomerang out. Boomerang was I'm really not, good. Boomerang is the I most wasn't. underrated rom-com of all times. And it's... It was beautiful. Matter of fact, it's actually the best Eddie Murphy film. I totally agree with that. It was beautiful. They did an excellent job. All right, JG. So what's your other two? Boomerang is in there. Okay. It's Malcolm X. My okay. favorite scene. My favorite Oscar scene. Snow. Favorite scene is when he changed the direction and the way they were marching with his hands. Oh, I was done. I said, oh my. Yeah, Jacqueline like power. You like that Absolutely. type. You like a man to be running. She like a CEO. <laughs> Respect. Respect. Jacqueline was on a date, Rob. She saw that. She she lifted up that armrest. Yeah. Oh, that towel out that deep purse. Oh, man, yeah. that it. Mm. Yeah, One more, so JG. Malcolm. Boomerang. Boomerang, Malcolm. And what's your third? Ooh. Okay, Foxy Brown, it's something about her that she had body positivity early on even though during yeah. that particular era we were seen so differently it was very pro-woman pro-feminist yes. like it was very yes. yeah the themes of that film were 20 years ahead of its time absolutely in that's cinema. it if I could get a bonus please it would be House Party and I'm done I promise fun fact that movie was created for The Fresh Prince and DJ Jazzy Jeff Really? They were supposed to be the original yes, stars of House Party. Yes, they were. And what happened? Kid and Play could dance better. Uh, they got they got sued by New Line Cinema when they did that um, Nightmare on My Street, the Freddy Krueger parody. New Line sued them, yeah. and House Party was a New Line film, so they wouldn't work with them. Wow. Oh, that's heavy. What's your three, third? Oh, uh, Okay. The first one, without question, for me, anytime is going to be uh, the spook that sat by the door. That's okay. That's classic. That's classic. Okay. And then you said on a moment, I first time I saw that movie was on my way to the Million Man March. So that movie means a whole lot. Okay. That's 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 my first one. Uh, The second one, uh, also super nerdy, uh, would be Putney Swope, uh, which was a movie that was done by uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s dad. Uh, that talked about Madison Avenue uh, advertising in the 70s. Uh, so that's, that's my second nice. favorite movie because I'm nerdy like that. Um, and then my third movie, which will only make sense to people who know me, uh, is the cult classic How High with Method Man and Red Man. Uh, wow. There was one year in no college where if you walked into my mm-hmm. dorm room, there was a 95% chance How High was playing on the TV. <laughs> For our entire school really? year, I would cut that. I would play play yeah, on that look. movie and leave the room for the day. Yeah. Every time I came in, I would restart. Come on, powder, <laughs> tell him, powder. I'm with you. I I felt like an ass and I missed it the first time, and then when I saw it and and realized what I was watching, I was like, this might be one of the greatest stoner movies ever made. Like this is just ignorant upon ignorance upon I ignorance. I would have figured your love for GoGo would have forced you to choose school days. I'm shocked. I forgot about school days. I I I actually still to this day can't stand the fact that that they did go go the way they did go go in that movie, man. Like I, I they they just played one song. I felt like they should have did more. But you know, I'm never gonna complain when I get on the floor and a big butt just you know rocks to the yeah. I'm I'm, I'm always gonna be a fan <laughs> of that. I'm, I get over it. Is what I'm trying to say. I get over it. I get over it. 
No Spike films for me though. No, no, no disrespect to you Spike. You can only get three. I mean, I didn't pick Blazing Saddles, which to me is one of the greatest buddy comedies of all time. Which I should have picked over Bad Boys, but I Listen, didn't. Will Smith wasn't in Blazing Saddles. I get it. Cleveland <laughs> Little can't drive no Porsche. <laughs> mm, talk about my it. three would be uh, in the heat of the night. Sydney party. We got to get that in there. That's a good one. Um, I would do 48 hours. Oh God! What a call! Because it um, it made Eddie it made Eddie Murphy the first black movie star, and uh, that was that was a great moment in in black actor history. Uh And my third that movie still stands up. It's the shit, right? It's, there's hard. nothing bad about that's a yeah. that's Stay like that hard. movie is great whether you're looking for comedy or action. It's a perfect film. Correct. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. And my third one would, would be Fat Beach. No, my 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 third my third movie would be Moonlight. It would be Moonlight. Ooh. Oh, shit. I think, I think a lot, a lot of people, because especially for most, especially black people, can't get over that homophobia. But Moonlight is the most accomplished black film of all time. And if it wasn't about homosexuality and whatnot, more people in the black community would, would laud that mm. film. But that's an excellent film. The podcast is Uncle Rod's Story Corner. You can get it wherever you listen to to our podcast. Um, all right, Rob, we'll get with you next week, brother. Bless up. Scam of the week time. So we talk about films, film week, and everything that goes into making movies and all of that shit happen. I'm very happy to have this person on the show. JG, can you introduce this, this person? Yes, we have director C. Craig Patterson with us today. I have a lot to say about C. Craig, but I'm going (laughs) to jump around and tell you a few things. He is the founder of the production studio Seat Six Filmworks. I think it's important to note that he's from New Orleans' Seventh Ward. Hello. I am. Absolutely. And also, he has produced projects for Carnegie Hall and most recently, Roy's Comedy Central stand up special. Imperfect Messenger. Welcome, Director C. Craig Patterson. Hi, C. Craig. <laughs> what's up? What's up, y'all? Now, JG is being very kind because, you know, you've had distinctions from The Blacklist, Long which list. is a script site that does not fuck around in who they choose. Mm-hmm. You have... Uh, had scripts that have gotten some mileage with Sundance and they yes. don't fuck around yes. <laughs> with who they choose. Um, before you directed my uh, Comedy Central special Imperfect Messenger, yeah, me and his brother go back. Right, right. Me and his brother go back there. This was a promotions intern at the radio station that I was, remember the radio station that wouldn't pay for my teeth when I had the root canal? Mm. This is one of the brothers I would go and complain and talk shit to. (laughs) And, you know, long before he, you know, went and got the two film degrees, you know, we were running the streets of Birmingham in a jams van 
passing out t-shirts and bullshit to wow, the listeners. That's the old school and, right there. That's what's up. You know, when you talk about somebody that's ground that grinded their ass off and showed up in Birmingham as a whole ass Katrina refugee. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Seven more flooded. Let's go to Birmingham. Houston was right there. Memphis is right. But y'all like, nah, Birmingham. That's where the opportunities are. It was. It was. That's where all opportunities were. So when I say it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Now, some of y'all may or may not recognize C. Craig's voice. A couple of months ago, about a month ago, we did the April 1st (laughs) extravaganza where we spoke to Lenard T. Falcon, the Dean of Admissions of Sackleson State, and that's voice by my man. (laughs) (laughs) Lenard T. Falcon, the T is for podcast. That character third, Lenard Falcon, Uh. was actually a fictional mayor that we used to have call in on my morning show back in the day. And so the, man, you I, you already know, I know. Could, that, that was that y'all both are deep in my, in my path, man. Like I used to do the voices for 93.9 and that was when my first intern right. jobs was calling in and having to bring rest par and all them breakfast and shit because they were right. meaner in DC. But oh. like, you know, I think I'm thankful <laughs> for all that, but like that, that whole way of like passing out t-shirts, all that shit, man, that's, that's how I came up. So I, you know, I got mad props for both of y'all, man. I know that life. Well, well, I, I'll, I'll leave it to see, Craig. I know that you had a ton of bullshit happen uh-huh. on the film and TV side. Right, we'll right. start there. Then I want you to just sit and think about the best radio story that you could tell. Because, whew, I have to have you, you back know for what? Radio Week. But you let's go, with, let's I, go with film or right. TV first. Hmm. Film or TV, um, I, was on, I was on a set, and, you know, like sets are typically not the place where you're going to have long drawn out conversations like chit chat style, right? Like everything is pretty kind of cut and dry. You, you'd have to do the job. And, um, I'm, I'm standing there and there's this person who is working in the props department and, and they just kind of start off a little bit of chit chat and they, they start talking about being a a prepper, like a doomsday prepper. Right. Mm. And, uh, and I cracked like probably some not well thought out snide remark about it. And I was like, oh, like, you know, you can't really think that everything is going to end. And they were like, no, like this person turned and looked at me, this stranger on a film set (laughs) there to do a job, Uh turned and looked at me and said, not only do I think it's going to happen, you should see all of the food and all of the stuff that my neighbors have. So my husband and I have a plan. When the shit hits the fan, we're going to invite them over for dinner and kill them and take their stuff. Oh shit! <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, like they were what? dead serious. Oh. I've known this person for the time it took to say what they said. Right? Like I don't know this person at all, <laughs> oh, and they were dead. dead. <laughs> <laughs> and like now I gotta work the rest of the production with them, <laughs> <laughs> knowing that they're like they cannot wait to murder when he, when humanity is at its worst. But shouldn't that be who you be uh, friends with? No, no, no. The wild part is that their their son was like sitting there, like making poetry about killing the crew. It was just like whole poems, just writing them down. <laughs> what the hell? 
so on the radio side of the game, <laughs> yeah. promotions was different because promotions, you all were essentially the marketing arm of the station. So you didn't go right. everywhere the jocks went. You went to a lot of events. The, like the thing that I felt like the burden that you all had in the promotions department as you worked your way up to assistant promotions director mm-hmm. was the belief that whatever the station was given away that week, motherfuckers thought it was in the vehicle. Right. So if right. you saw the right. jams Hummer or the jams van, they just they oh man y'all got the motherfucking ludicrous tickets in there. I know y'all got the ludicrous tickets. In. We don't, you dumb yeah. motherfucker. They're yeah. not in the van. But We're, to be honest, we didn't make it no better on ourselves because we definitely used every prize in that closet to get free food all around the city. So <laughs> respect. <laughs> Because we would get free CDs. Like, right, like, right. Right. they would mail 30 fucking, who was hot? Let's fucking Young Jock. Why don't right, you? Right, right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You got 30 Young Jock CDs. Well, the prize closet only getting 10. The other 20 <laughs> become currency. <laughs> and um, every Popeyes in the, like, in the whole Bourbon and Berry. Well they knew played. what time it was. They knew what time it was. I wish I would pay for a full piece. Never. <laughs> Never. What was what was the story that time somebody broke in the jams van because one of y'all was in the hood getting some ass. Really? And then you had to park the jams van back at the station and then pour broken glass on the ground to make it look like the jams van got broken into. Now, in to the be parking. fair, that was before my tenure. That was like <laughs> right, right before I got there. I heard <laughs> that story. I okay, heard that. that like you. That, okay. that wasn't me. And I will not incriminate, I can only incriminate myself. I would, I would not incriminate any of my fellow promotions folks. Hey, we can we can bleep Those their who, names out. We can bleep their names out on post. Fuck that. Go ahead and tell the story. That whole building was off the chain. We had a dude there. I don't know if it was the gospel station or the like the adult oh, R and B station. It was a gospel station. I know what story you're about to tell. And <laughs> no, the, I, the, the cocaine one where the dude got high on no. cocaine at a station what? event and was talking to a concrete pillar under the freeway. And when a listener <laughs> came over and asked for a T-shirt, he said, "Bitch, don't you see I'm talking to my nigga?" <laughs> what? True story. And he got yeah. fired the next day. Yes, Jacqueline. Oh, when I tell you, I miss radio. So, jams, jams had a Hummer, right? Uh-huh. And keep in mind, this Hummer H2. was like my personal vehicle, fam. <laughs> like I, I drove this fucking truck everywhere, yeah. and it was not allowed. You were only allowed to go to the work event and back. And back. The work event. That's the way that shit worked. I, I personally put fifty thousand miles on this truck. <laughs> He's not lying. It's not a joke. That is not a joke. Respect, son. And and it got so bad, like you know, people would be upset about it. They'd be like, "Oh, we we see we see him everywhere all around the city, right? We know he's driving that van up." Like I saw him at the like corporate people, like the regular sales sales reps and shit. Oh yeah, like the the office folks. So. So it got so bad that we got our final warning, me and my homie Calvin, who was uh-huh. uh, working with me, right? And we got our final warning to never drive the van, uh, drive the, the Hummer outside of work stuff. So we're doing it anyway, right? We're just completely, you know, caution to the wind, right? 
But to be fair, y'all worked hard and y'all were always on time. You did the job. Mm -hmm. You did the job well. And that's part of why you got like six strikes on this shit. But keep keep going. (laughs) Right. So worst case scenario happens. We're driving the Hummer at night. We're not supposed to be driving. And this lady uh, is coming around a corner on a a off ramp Mm -hmm. and jumps the thing and flies into a ditch. Just like booms super crap right in front of me and Calvin. We had to immediately pull over, go like the cars on its side. We're like trying to get like shimmy the lady out. She's like, I left my purse. It was a whole thing. Like we had to yank this woman out the car before the car fully tips over. Uh-huh. We get, as soon as we get her on the ground, the news pulls up. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. Ah, shit. We had, we had to abandon this woman Right there on the ground. Be gone. Oh, wow. Bitch. Oh, that's credit. hilarious. Get the credit. Oh, my God. We were going to be immediately fired. Fire. Expeditiously. Yes. <laughs> you left her? Shout out to you anybody that her. drives a cruiser. We got her to safety. We just couldn't walk her up the hill. Did Mm-mm. you get her purse? And you... Oh, yeah, yeah, we got her. Okay, The fact that you got her out and got her purse and then still beat the cameras out, bruh, I know it's a little late in the show, but he's my Cody's most outstanding employee of the week. That's he's fair. Cody's. He's the Cody's most outstanding employee of the week. That That is... Oh. I can't... Oh, man. I did I, not I, know that. That is beautiful. Yeah, I did not awesome. know this story. And y'all... Y'all dipped right. like Batman. Dip, dip. Oh. I didn't. I was too afraid to watch the news later on that night oh. to see what the woman said. This is this is this is a oh. this is an animated short waiting to happen. <laughs> this is beautiful. I can already see. When this. I say I love you, brother, I appreciate you for coming on the show. I know you got a lot of uh, productions in the hopper right now, and whenever you're ready to come on and promote them, just let me know. We'll. Put a bat signal in the sky. Hey, um, you know, you turn on a bat signal, I show up, man. I appreciate y'all to the absolute fullest. Man, that's what's up. Let me go and get me some doomsday prepping going (laughs) so I can be ready to... I'm pulling up that (laughs) shit. Hold up, hold up, up, watch this, bro. You really want that? Hold up, watch this. Don't do that. Stay right there. Watch this. (laughs) That's how real it is. Let me show you within arm's reach there. Can you see that? Oh, come on. Can you see that? Oh, no. Look at that, Roy. Oh, no. oh, Ralph got dried goods when you oh, just yeah, add water to him. Oh, yeah, man. Ralph got all the doomsday prep snacks just oh, yeah, in the man. room. Right just... there, ready to go. I'll tell you okay. what. I'll tell you what. Showing that shit off is what got them neighbors in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Director C. Craig, thank you thank so you much for so coming much. on the job, fam, it's man. It's been an honor. All right, y'all. After the break, uh, we him. are going to, um, we're going to talk to an editor. Y'all got me walking around murderers and not tell me anything, but okay. Potential murderers. I'll tell you off air. Okay. That shit is Well, why are you worried about it? You the only one on the show with a gun. You should have been ready. I wasn't. I didn't carry my gun on that show because, I mean, I didn't know those people. That's exactly why you (laughs) should have. You carry a fucking gun. Why did I'm sorry. After the break, we're going to break down the beauty of film editing. One of Ralph's homeboys, Brother Pollock. Be on the job fair. We'll do that next. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. 
Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Job Fair bringing it home. The art of film editing. I don't even know what how to describe it, the worth of it to a film, but it's like if a chef made all of the food, mm-hmm. the plating and the pairing of the food and the, as what is presented in the final product of it to me is as important mm-hmm. as whatever you fucking put together. I'm not sure if that analogy quite you, you know, you know, man, you know, man, like think about it like this. When you watch uh, the Spike Lee movies, right, and they do the, the, the thing where the camera be swinging around his head. That's that's like an edit. You know what I mean? Like the way that they do yeah. that so that and it conveys a certain mood, you know, and if you if you do it correctly, you take just a regular shot and transform it into something else. I got a I got a guy who I was learning from it. I might have picked that up from him man. he's a good teacher. JG, who do we have? We have Jason Pollard, and he's going to talk to us about film editing and explain how you get into that type of work. Hey, what's do you up, sit y'all? in a dark room all day? I do sit in a dark room all day. You know, you got to love it. You got to love being in solitude. You got to love being inside and looking at the same footage again and again and again and again and again and really try to find that little bit, uh-huh. that little silver lining that kind of speaks to you and says, aha. And then, and then you hope if it speaks to you, it's going to speak to the audience as well. So that's that's the gig. You are being a little bit humble, yes. but right. you and this is just you know from what Hayat and um, you know the homie down South Georgia girl dug up. But you know your fingerprint is on a lot of stuff that's seen its way into Sundance and seen mm-hmm. its way into Tribeca film festivals and up and down the TV dial. How do you get into film? How do you? How did you decide? Yes, dark room with a computer, porn on one monitor, Oscar-winning film on the other. What? At least, at least two monitors on the incognito on Chrome. But yes. you know, <laughs> you know, my story is really unique, and I always tell people this because you know I was lucky and I was privileged enough to have my dad Sam be in the film business for over forty Legend. years. 
a legend who yes. worked under Spike Lee over yes. three, four decades. Yes. So because of that and because of just following him to the editing room, you know, whenever I could and seeing him cut not only Spike stuff, but early hip hop stuff. So he cut this documentary called Style Wars, which is really one of the very first hip hop documentaries to document the culture in the late 70s, early 80s. You know, he also did a film called Eyes on the Prize, mm-hmm. which again documented the early civil sure, rights I'm movement. I'm from Birmingham. They showed us that you every, every February. <laughs> they wheeling that TV weird. on that cart. That's <laughs> right. I knew That's who Juan right. Williams was because of that, because of that right there. That's, That's, exactly That's right. That's right. So that's the way I was able to get into it, you know, so then one day and initially I wanted to be in computer science. So when I went to Morehouse my first year, I was a computer science major because Morehouse. Were you into where? When I went to Morehouse. Or Morehouse Morehouse College College, in Atlanta, Georgia, right? Morehouse College in Atlanta, Georgia. I just wanted to make sure. Nobody nobody stops. Nobody is. Go ahead, man. Go go ahead. So my, my major was computer science. So I took an intro to computer science course. It was 8 a.m. And I swear to God, I worked as hard as I could in that computer science course day, you know, for the whole semester. Yeah. And by the end, when it was the day of the final test, I swear to God, these Trinidadian brothers came in who hadn't been in class all semester. <laughs> came and looked at me like, oh, yeah, this is easy. Ace the final. And me sweating like a, you know, sweating like a motherfucker, just barely got a C plus. And after that, I was like, oh, I got to change it up. This is something, I got to do something different. I got to go into the family business. And that's how I got into editing. Now, when, for the people out there who don't have a father who's worked with a highly decorated director like Spike Lee, what is the, the best entry point? Do I take the class? Do I go to full-blown film school? If I know editing is what I want to do, do I have to go to the full... 40,000 tuition every year film school or is there like Votech is there I don't know do I go to Sackleson State Community College where what's what's the safest simplest way into this now now you kind of put me you know in between a rock and a hard place with that question Roy because I teach at one of those you know high priced institutions so I'm going to say you, you get a really good education there at a place like at NYU Right, like in Columbia. The, the reality is, I mean, look, extension classes are great. Community classes are great. I taught at SUNY Empire. That was a great learning environment for, for people. But honestly, the easiest way to learn it is to just do it. Just to sit there and shoot with your camera, with your iPhone or your Android or whatever, and then just upload it to your computer and start editing. You know, all these cats on IG and Twitter, but mostly IG, what they're cutting together for their reels is just as good as what I can do. And they're using the same technique and the same process that I'm going through to do it. You know, it's a lot shorter, obviously, but you're trying to make it hot, you're telling the story, and you're getting to it. And, you know, I can tell people don't have, you know, formal film training because sometimes it looks a little janky, but you can sell that they know what, how to tell a story in less than, you know, three minutes, and they do it very well. So, you know, I would say just to do it. And furthermore, I would also say just go to YouTube. So if you go to Adobe Premiere Pro or Avid, they all, they both, those, both of those are editing platforms mm-hmm. and they both have YouTube channels where you can just log on for free and you can just watch people learn how to edit. I mean, there's, there's also videos where people 
you know, break down feature films and they talk about how to edit. People think, you know, we were talking about Batman before we got online. You know, there's somebody or there's 10 million people breaking down that that latest Batman trailer and talk about how exactly it was put together. And by, you know, by studying all that, you can teach yourself how to edit. Like I was just reading about this brother who did the Peacock show and he taught himself. He's in Kansas City and he taught himself. Yeah, Bel Air. Yeah, Bel Air. Which was based on a right. self-made trailer, right? The self-made trailer. This brother sat there and taught himself. You know, look, he just took. You know, he wanted to do it. He was interested. Taught himself on YouTube and this and that. Took maybe two or three classes, mm-hmm. but you know, now he has to show on Peacock. So, you know, I think it's beautiful that you give such reverence to people who are doing this in short form on Instagram. But on the other side of that coin, what you're doing takes real stamina for the long haul. What gives you that stamina? How do you stay in that dark room all day and then come out with these masterpieces? And I don't use that word lightly. It's a motivation to tell the best story possible. And especially when it's dealing with our folk, with black people, it's a real motivation to tell the best black story possible. Right, like so. When I was working on the Rich James film, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, minute, I "Better not fuck up." You, 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 you muddled that, damn it, Jason. Again, you're being humble. When you were working on the what? Film the documentary about the legendary Rick James. The Tribeca Film Festival premiering bitchin' the sound and fury of Rick James film. Thank you. <laughs> I knew that I couldn't fuck up the story of Rick James, right? There are a whole bunch of black people in the audience who want me to represent and make that story pop the way it's supposed to pop and not put out any bullshit. But that's the same thing with anybody, whether it's Rick James, whether it's Harry Belafonte, you know, whether it's, you know, Joe Blow down the street. It's my job. Right. It's my job that you've entrusted me with your footage right in my hands that I got to make you look good. Like Roy said, I got to make Roy look good. That that right. literally leads to, to, to a wonderful point, because I fortunately uh, edit this, this show and I've talked to Pollard before about editing and like editing is a very specific process. There was a movie um, Ford versus Ferrari. And when Ford versus Ferrari came out, I had no intention at all of watching that movie. I was just like, another movie about white people in cars. I'm good. I got I don't need to watch it. I had the honor of taking Jason's class. Uh, and, it, you know, respectfully, let's put it like that. I took the class, kind of. But it was through him explaining editing that I went back and watched the movie and all of that stuff, like the way that you hear the sound of the car or the, and you see a tire. Like you were talking about before, the way the sound and the dialogue kind of carries behind the picture. Yeah, I usually try to show whoever won the award and try to break down for my class. All right, so this is award-winning editing. Let's break down and see why it's award-winning editing. But even more importantly, with that Ford vs. Ferrari scene and most edit and all editing, it's building up emotion. How do you build up emotion? How do you build up tension specifically? How do you build up excitement? You know, when I watch comedy specials, how do you build up that joke, right? Mm-hmm. Who do you cut to in the audience? You know, when it, when you say a certain line before I cut back to Roar and to Ralph before that punchline. I can't thank you enough for coming on the show, man. I appreciate you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. Of course. Thank you. Thank you hey, so it's much. It's an honor to have you on, brother. All right. Take Bye-bye. care. That's the show. Roy's Job Fair is a product of iHeartMedia Paramount and South Park and Princeton Productions. It's, I guess, do we have to do a TV week now to balance out film week? Yes, 
That could be fun. I'm with Jay Z. That could be fun. We could go over there. Executive producer of a television series. Absolutely. We just did film. I don't want to do TV next week. We don't have to play them back to back. Like variety. A bit of variety. Rhonda said, bring on Issa. Ooh. I don't know Issa Rae. I ain't never met her. I mean, when I see her, she's cordial. And we're both, I'm black, you black. Are you enjoying <laughs> she, black? She likes black people to win. She likes black people to win. Yeah, like, we're cool. We're professional. Like, I know you professionally. I'm familiar. <laughs> she's done the Daily Show. I've seen you in the hallway and all of that shit. But, no, I the way Down South Georgia Girl just suggested that, like, I just text Issa Rae. No. 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 This has been a Comedy Central podcast. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.